Welcome to It Starts Within, a podcast from Platinum Performance, where we'll dive into the health challenges faced by veterinarians and horse owners alike. Join us for inspiring stories about the latest advancements in equine care, treatments, and comebacks. You'll hear interviews with elite competitors, innovative researchers, and the veterinarians that devote their lives to horses and the humans that love them. At Platinum Performance, we know the power of nutrition starts within. Hello to all of those joining us. I'm Jesse Bengoa back with you today to give you an up close look at two of the most acclaimed writers in the world of the reined cow horse. And that's Chris and Sarah Dawson of Dawson Performance Horses. So welcome, Chris and Sarah. Thanks for being with me today. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Oh, good. Well, y'all, they were just telling me that they're literally sitting arena side right now. So they've got tractors in the background, they're living real life, and we're going to hear straight from the horse's mouth per se about the success that they've had in the industry. And for many of you, rain cow horse, it'll be old hat. For some of you, it's, it's your drug of choice per se, in terms of the sport that you live in every day. And for some of you still listening, this is foreign territory. So reined cow horse governed by the National Rain Cow Horse Association or NRCHA tackles three events. And these competitors are known as the triathletes of the horse world. Um, thank God it's a top of horse because being an actual triathlete personally sounds terrible to me. More, more power to all of you that actually choose to do that to yourselves. <laughs> but I was about to, um, to describe it, but let's let the experts take that one. So Chris, um, I'm turning to you first. Will you give us a short course real quick um, on what someone new to Rain Cow Horse needs to know about the sport and what they're watching? Well, I tell you what, it's just, it's the coolest darn cowboy event you can do, I reckon. And, you know, for people that haven't ever been to it, you know, basically we combine a little uh, rain work, which is uh, like the figure skating of uh, the horse world. We do the slide and stops and the spins and uh, some pretty circles always the pretty circles always and and then we uh, also we it's a three it's a triathlon like you said and then uh, so after the raining and we'll a lot of times we we'll do the herd and where you sort which is very similar to cutting uh except you got two hands that you have to your horse has to deal with as obstacles except uh, in, in addition to the cows and so we uh slash them around there with two hands and keep one cow away from the herd and then they kick one cow in us in our third event and we hold them on one end and then we run them down the other end and turn them on the fence and circle and just uh, exhibit control of the cow throughout, uh, throughout, a you know, an untimed work. And that's usually what everybody loves and they get the hooping and hollering and everybody's going fast and yeah, having a big time. Right. So that down the fence work are those iconic photos that everybody, you know, tends to see of rain cow horse where you're going nine Oh and coming to a dead stop with a full size cow also coming straight at you. So it's uh it's entertaining to watch. That is for sure. You're on the edge of your seat. And thanks for that visual, Chris, of the figure skaters of, of the cowboy world. So not only will I picture your pretty circles, I'll picture your pretty outfits too. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll work. I'll get, I'll get my stylist to work on my next uh, leotard. If you could do that, if you could get some spandex and some sparkles and some fringe, maybe right. that'd be great. That'd be great. So um, thanks for that mental picture there. <laughs> uh, so bottom line, this is serious business, folks. And Chris and Sarah Dawson, you know, you guys are not only a cool couple, um, but you're both million dollar riders and you're at the top of the sport. So let's dig in a little bit. And I should mention that Chris Dawson is probably judging me to the hilt right now because he does host the full contact podcast with Russell Dilday 
Um, and you guys are so good. You're hilarious. And everyone listening should definitely subscribe to Full Contact uh, for a look behind the scenes of the cow horse world. It's a def it's an it's an entertaining look, no, no doubt about it. So don't People judge me, Chris Dawson. People keep saying that we're funny, but the thing is we've been going for serious all this time. So I think we're not probably very good at it. Apparently. Well, that was a swing and a miss. So <laughs> Well, well, you nailed funny, so I'd keep it up. Keep being serious. All right. So, Sarah, you, uh, you're the lucky one. First up here, as we dig into your life, um, you didn't That's what happen. I keep telling her. Right, right? Oh, you, I, I know. I'm sure. I'm sure. You are so lucky, Sarah. Um, you didn't happen upon the horse world by chance. I mean, you were a born and bred cowgirl into this life. Um, tell me about your background, your family, and your dad in particular. Uh, they have quite the legacy. Yeah, my parents, um, my mom and my dad, uh, they, or I guess my dad in particular does horsemanship clinics. And so that's kind of the, the world that I grew up in. Um, and yeah, we, we traveled around a lot and, and did a lot of the clinics and the expos and the horses that we got in to training, uh, back then wouldn't be, be the show horses per se, but it was a lot of cults to be started and a lot of a lot of problem horses and so that was kind of where my foundation lies and not necessarily like in the in the horse show world where it is now yeah I mean I remember you saying when we've talked before you said horses are either in a person's blood or they aren't and I mean as Richard Winter's daughter they were they were there from from the very outset for you no question and I love for that me stuff. for me yes but yeah like you say you either have it or you don't I mean I got a brother too and he doesn't care anything about him he's in the coast guard but uh but say mom and dad oh it's funny how two kids can go separate directions like that right those genetics pick and choose that's for sure um so chris how about you how'd you find your way into a career as a professional writer and uh and podcast host well um yeah third generation horse trainer and so born into it my uh Mom and dad, they trained Appaloosas, uh, did the all-around stuff like everybody did in the 70s, um, trained them to do everything, the pleasure, the raining, roping, trail, the whole shebang. And then, uh, no, just kind of uh, really, I think I was kind of getting groomed to be a pleasure horse trainer there through high school and just realized that uh, the majority of what you ride as a professional ends up being pretty mediocre. I mean, we get uh, blessed enough to ride some great horses, but throughout one's career, you ride a lot of average kind of horses and an average cow horse is way more fun than an average pleasure horse. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to talk nothing, no crap about the pleasure horses because a great, a great pleasure horse is as much fun to ride as anything, but, uh, but an average one sucks. And uh, <laughs> as does with most other events that I found and, and uh, the cow horses, it's just, if you're going to have to ride something that's not uh, creme de la creme, it's a lot more fun to do it over here, I reckon. Oh, my goodness. I mean, well, you're, you're going at full speed, that's for sure. So it's, uh, it's high, high performance, high attention the whole time. And, you know, you two, one of the things I love about you two is you have this great one-two approach in how you train these horses and how you show them. Um, and you pay such close attention to all the small things. I feel like you, you're both known for that. And it adds up to big things. So Sarah, take us through this philosophy, you know, the Dawson philosophy on training and showing these horses and that secret sauce that you and Chris tend to have as trainers and as competitors. 
I think this is going to be a disappointing answer. If there is a secret <laughs> sauce out there, I would like some of it because I haven't stumbled upon it yet. Um, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I, you know, I think we're just like everyone else trying to hoe their row. I mean, we, we work long hours and, and a lot of days and don't take very much time off. And uh, I, I would say the one thing we're blessed with right now is some very nice horses. And if there's any tricks to the trade, that's probably it. It's nowadays you can't hardly out train anyone. You just try to outmount them um, because everybody has a good horse and everybody knows how to get them trained. Um, and so uh, we're just we're very blessed to to have some good horses and some great customers right now. It's so true. I mean, there's the, the caliber of horse flesh out there now is unbelievable, but let's talk about the horses in your barn and let's, let's start out with the queen, Sevelrig. I mean, this mare has so many special things that have made her a superstar. She's out of smart shiner and that's a dam that your parents bred, correct, Sarah? Well, so Carol Rose, um, bred that mare and then I bought her as a yearling from shine smarter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, shine smarter. I bought her as a yearling from Carol Rose. And uh then my parents bought her from me as a three-year-old. Um and so that that's how that they're attached to her. And then they have since sold her to Linda Mars. I think they sold her her five-year-old year to Linda Mars. And so now Linda owns her. Um, but uh but yeah Selva would be uh I guess her second no, first bull crop, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, she would be one, one of the ones in her first bull crop. And um, yeah, it was it was pretty special to uh, to be able to go win the charity on, on her baby. And yeah, that really meant a lot. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. And I said smart shiner. I should have said shine smarter. I mean, this is a hell of a world for somebody um, who would be like dyslexic <laughs> well, or something saying. like that. <laughs> but, so let's talk about the fraternity. I mean- it was an absolutely amazing feat that you are so qualified to have won. But I mean, this is this is huge to be the second female in history to have won the Snafflebit Futurity, and that was in 2020. Um, you just blew everyone away. I mean, you're the combo of you and Sevilray together. I mean, the crowd was electric. They were on their feet. You and this mayor were on fire. Tell me about that whole experience. I mean, because that's the big show. Um, and walk us through that. I mean, it's, it's incredible to even be there to compete, but to win it, there's not very many people that, that have that under their belt. Yeah. It, I mean, it was definitely an amazing experience. Um, but I, I think I can speak for anyone who's probably won that deal. We're just all grateful that things went our way that night because any of those horses in that particular finals could have won it that night. And um, I'm, I'm just grateful that the stars aligned for us. I mean, we, we kind of put to, as much preparation and work into the process as we could and for it to all pay off uh, at the end was, was real neat. Um, so yeah, it was just uh, an amazing experience that I, I would feel very, very fortunate to, to even to get close to that again, because yeah, just so many things have to have to line up in order to, to win something like that. Well, and it wasn't just a one-time occurrence. So you and Seville Ray have had a little bit of success here recently. Tell us about that. Yeah. So in, um, I guess most recently she won the, uh, the, the derby that we were at in February. That's a, that kind of tag teams with the world's greatest horsemen. Um, 
And so that was pretty exciting. And then back in August, she won another derby out there in Vegas. Uh, so she actually, she missed half of her four-year-old year recovering from an injury. And so you, you kind of always question how they're going to come back from something like that. But uh, we've been thrilled to, to have her have the success that she's had. I love that. And you know what, you, you have a lot of special horses in your barn. We're zeroing in on Seville Ray, obviously, because she's a special case, but you've got a lot of amazing horses. What makes her such a superstar in particular? You know, some horses just kind of have that it factor and you can't really put your finger on it as to exactly what it is. Um, I mean, ability wise that that mare doesn't hardly have a flaw, but when she goes and shows, she just kind of turns on and, and goes and does her deal and the judges seem to like her. And so she, she has turned into a very gritty fence horse um, kind of ever since the snaffle bit finals. She's been, when we, when we started her, she'd always been a little tough down the fence because she's so cowy that she didn't really want to get up next to those cows. Um, and, but, uh, but she, she really matured during those maturity finals. And it seems like ever since then, she's just been a really good fence horse. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I would say just, it, it's hard to put into words what those really good horses have. It's just a little something extra special. Right. It's something you feel for sure. Um, you know, like I said, you, you really do have some spectacular horses with several Ray being, being one of them. Um, and you guys live in a special world inside a rained cow horse. I mean, experiencing a lot of disciplines. I feel like when you walk into a rained cow horse show and you really kind of get to know some of the trainers in the world, it's very collegial. You know, you guys have a really great, um, great group of people. You have a lot of fun. Um, tell me about what makes that reined cow horse world unique and kind of the relationship that you have with other trainers and so on. Chris, how about you? Well, I think it's just a really good group, you know, I mean, I think it's a, uh, I think having that many different events, I think that uh, on any given day, anybody's got a pretty good shot. It's a very level playing field. I mean, so if you've done your work and you've got a good horse, and you've done the work on yourself, you've got as good a shot as the next guy, but the next guy's got as good a shot as you do too. And I think everybody knows that. And I think it keeps everybody pretty humble about it. It's about the time you think you've got it figured out and kind of got a plan. It'll darn sure show you that uh, you were wrong. And so I think it just keeps everybody where we're playing our game and we're just doing the, we're going to do the best we can today. And if it's good enough to be first, then great. But it's really more us against the against the cows and us against the pattern, you know, and you don't want to see anybody do bad. Um, like I say, you want to, you'd like to do better than everybody else, but you know, I like to watch good runs. And so, uh, you know, I think it just keeps everybody cheering for everybody all the time. I think that's a big part of what builds that culture that you're referring to. Yeah, I like it. It is a pretty cool show culture for sure. It's something you guys look forward to seeing, seeing each other and it's pretty neat. And the families are along in tow. Um, tell me about Hadley, guys. Is this, is this a world that obviously this is the only world she's ever known, but is she excited to go to these horse shows and do you see her um, getting the horse bug? She loves the horses. Yeah, she, uh, she makes sure she comes down and, and at least gets hands on a horse about every day. Um, it's cute. She's got her 
well, there's more horses in our house than there is in our barn, I think. And <laughs> so she'll rotate through them. She'll have them all set up in the middle of the living room. And depending on what movie comes on or what song comes on, she'll bail on her certain horse for that. And she'll, she's got a rocking horse. She'll darn near tip that rascal over on its head. And she's got a unicorn and she'll miss one of them inflatable jobs. She'll bounce on that rascal and she might be watching the rodeo and she might go about three, eight on a uh, unicorn and bail off on the, bail off on the on the floor and so yeah she she's kind of got her own little deals that she does she doesn't seem to be scared of a whole lot so oh gosh we'll see, you guys we'll see what happens you guys better win a lot of money look out need <laughs> <laughs> oh, to get her a different hobby yeah right clearly quick uh that's pretty <laughs> funny so what sarah uh do you have a favorite between the three events and why oh I mean, I think anyone in our sport would say the fence work because if the other two are our favorite, we'd probably just go be that. Um, right. right. So, yeah, I would uh, I would say the fence work is is kind of what we all live for and what we all look forward to. Um, so, yeah, yeah, definitely that. That's where you get to feel like evil Knievel. And I guess I would ask Chris, but we know he loves the attire in the raining. So. Yes, I guess I'm really, I've really been working on my attitude. I've been waiting for somebody to ask me that question. I'm really trying to work on my attitude about that. So yes, definitely the rainy. Oh, great. I love it. So I really enjoy the challenges of the lead departures and the precision of the, uh, yeah, the rest of the maneuvers. Well, awesome. I like it. And, you know, I want to, I want to go back to what you guys do so well in your barn. And it kind of goes back to doing those small things and paying attention to the details. You're known for taking exceptional care of your horses. Um, you always have. Um, and one of those pieces is really good veterinarians. Um, and I know that Joe Carter's a regular at your place, correct? He is. Yes, ma'am. Um, and that works out stellarly because he's also at all the major events. Um, he's, he's the, I don't know if you would call it certified veterinarian of the NRCHA, but, uh, he's, he's at all those major events. So for him to, I would say he's at our house once a week going over horses. And so he's just got that long history with them. And so when we show up at the horse show and, um, ha have a problem, we can go to him and, and he just knows those horses so well. Um, so that's, that's really nice to have. Oh, hundred percent. And we're talking of course of Dr. Joe Carter of Oklahoma equine, um, an incredible veterinarian, um, a good friend of ours and just a great guy. And so Sarah, tell me about, you know, you, you take a real preventive approach with your horses. So Ooh. tell me about that, that importance of having, I mean, your veterinarians there once a week, the importance of catching those little things in these young high-performance athletes before they become big things. Yeah, it, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's just really important to to catch them before they turn into big things because most of the time you can um and then you can you can start treating something before it becomes a big problem and and hopefully it just goes away then. But uh yeah, for for us to have the Joe that is here once a week and then we keep a real close eye on things obviously and uh uh, ice and mud are our best friends. It seems like we, we do a lot of that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, to, to be able to catch problems before they, they turn into major issues is super important. I like that. And, you know, in, in our world, we've gotten to know you all so well as competitors, but through nutrition too. Um, and I know you always say it goes back to the old adage, you are what you eat. 
So Mm -hmm. why is the nutrition so important? Um, and kind of as a second to that, you guys have always had a big focus on the gut. And I feel like you were early adopters of why that was so important. Yeah. And so I would say that our feed program is, is pretty simple. And I think thanks to you guys, uh, we are able to keep it simple. Um, cause we just, we do alfalfa cubes and grass hay and, uh, unless those horses are in really hard work, they get your supplement, the platinum, and they do so good on that. And I mean, their, their coats are shiny and they're fat. And I, you know, in, in the summer on our three-year-olds, we might supplement them with some grain. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we just, uh, and also your healthy weight, we will give them things, the healthy weight too, in the summertime, if we just need to add some calories, but they, they do really good with just that, that simple supplement that, that you guys make that has all that the good stuff in it that they need. Um, and yeah, our, our feed program is easy. I love that. But healthy weight flax oil, I feed it to our horses too. And I call it the magic golden elixir. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so no, I think that I, I think it goes back to everything that you do that adds up to all the success that you've had and the lifestyle that you guys lead is a special one. You know, there's, there's not really truly that many people who train horses. They do what they love every day. They've had a lot of success at doing it. Um, and you're on the road at these shows, seeing a lot of the people that matter to you. So Tell me and our listeners a little bit about, you know, some of these big shows that you guys go to kind of a day in the life of Chris and Sarah Dawson. Mm. (laughs) Well, I think you said it. We definitely do what we love and we're terrible vacationers because we're gone for about two or three days. And all we want to do is come back and, and work our horses again. But, um, but that being said, it's long hours, uh, you know, uh, for, for Chris and I and the people who work for us, it's our life is definitely consumed by this. Well, it takes a long time to start. If you start your day with a massage and finish your day with the, you know, the pool and my ties, it, ta- it adds up for a long day. I mean, so finally, we got real here about the rain. Yeah, yeah. People. <laughs> the, the secret's out. <laughs> Amen. You start your day with a massage, you end it with cheers with Chelsea and there you go. That's it. <laughs> oh, man. oh, that's pretty funny. So we know cocktail hour is important and uh, we know that Chris has to get his muscles worked out. And so obviously there you go. When I asked you about the secret sauce, obviously Sarah, that's what you were hiding. So. That's exactly what I was <laughs> talking about. Yes. yes. Amen. <laughs> so what is next? For Dawson performance courses. I mean, you guys have big goals and I know it's, you know, starts with the foundation, right. Is, is mm-hmm. doing things right. And uh, you know, that's what we see from you all the time is, is the try and the work. And like you said, the long hours and making sure that your horses are prepared, you know, physically, mentally, um, and have had the right training behind them. But what, what are the big goals for Dawson performance horses moving forward? Oh, that's a big question. Oh. We're, we're figuring out how to raise a family at the moment. I was going to say, my goal for today is to not drop my kid during swim lessons this evening. Chris, I love to see those big goals out in front of you. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, we're, we're living parallel lives if it makes you feel any better. So <laughs> I, I do have the same goal, Chris. <laughs> right. No, I think realistically long-term goals is... We just want to be able to go out there and be consistent. And like for me, I don't feel like I need to go out there and win every horse show, but I'd love to just go out there and 
and have my horses look good. And people look at my horses and say, you know what, those things look happy. Um, and, and for, for long-term goals, it, that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And, um, I'd, I'd like to do as good as I can, but, uh, but yeah, I just like, I would like people to, to enjoy watching my horses in the show pen. I like that. Happy horses like what they do and you can tell the difference. Definitely. You can. I yeah. like that. So yeah, I definitely second that because I know there's a lot of times in my career when I was uh, in a frustrating place as far as uh, results and success went. And some of the things that maybe kept me going was sure enough, one of those horse shows, I was like, man, this is maybe, the, maybe I'm in the wrong thing, you know, and then somebody come back, you know, I know this horse show didn't go how you wanted, but them horses look like they enjoy what they're doing and you're on the right track. And it's just like, oh, maybe I won't pull my truck off into a bridge embankment this evening on the way home. Oh my goodness. Right. I mean, it, it reminds you that everything that you're doing is worth it. Right. I mean, you're, yeah. you're on the right track and you know, it, it's clear that you guys are exactly where you need to be. And we've gotten to know you a little bit over the last few minutes, but so I'll start with Chris. What is something that we don't know about you? I'm pretty much an open book. I mean, I think pretty, <laughs> yeah, I don't think, uh, I think everybody knows pretty much everything about me. If they didn't before the podcast started, I think it darn sure you know. <laughs> Lots of sharing. Okay, I love it. Sarah, how about you? Um, I count syllables. I'm really good at that. Like when I'm saying sentences or when you say a sentence, I can count the syllables. It's a little bit like Rain Man. I was just going to say, we've got Rain Man in the show pen right here. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's probably the one thing that nobody knows. Oh, that is awesome. And now okay, they well. do. On top of being a completely um, self, I guess we'll, we'll nicely call it self-aware podcast host in front of Chris. Now I'm completely um, judging myself as well with my syllables. So hey, thanks a lot. Sure. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Th thanks for that shake and confidence there, guys. So, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, perfect. Well, good. Well, I'll tell you what, this has been a complete pleasure to uh, get to talk to you guys a little bit more. I got the pleasure of writing an article about Sarah and Seville Ray after your Snapple Bit Futurity win, but um, it's always good to touch base with the Dawsons. Let me tell you, yeah. I'm a big fan of, of both of you and as so many people are that follow the sport and I just admire how you handle your horses and your business and um, you're real and you're real cool at the same time. So we just wish you nothing but the best. And we're sure proud to be a, even a small part of your program. So I want to thank you both for coming on to join me today. Well, we're happy to do it. And uh, yeah, we love being on the platinum team and uh, yeah, couldn't do it without y'all. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Completely our pleasure. And like I said, I encourage you all to go and, and subscribe so you can listen to Chris and Russell on their podcast. And I want to thank everyone for joining us today and to catch us on the next episode of It Starts Within. And until then, I'm Jesse Bengoa, and thank you all for being a part of our conversation today. Take care.